0: Welcome to the Thriving Authors Podcast, where we delve into all aspects of what it takes to get your dream book out of your heart, onto the page, and into the world, connecting with a wide audience of readers. I'm Dallas, and I don't just want you to be a published author. I want you to be a thriving author, confidently sharing your ideas, making an impact with your words, and owning your unique voice that deserves to be heard. I've spent the past two decades immersed in the publishing industry, building my career as a best-selling author of five books and counting. As a book coach, I have helped dozens of women birth their books and live their dreams. And here's what I know to be true. You deserve abundant creativity, a nurturing writing practice, and a supportive community that inspires and uplifts you through the ups and downs of the writing life. I want to help you write and publish your dream books that grow your audience, grow your business, and grow your legacy. On this podcast, you will find behind-the-scenes lessons from my own book writing and publishing journey interviews with successful published authors, and tips and advice you can start using today to move you forward in your writing life. You don't have to do this alone. Let's get started. Barbara Graham is the author and editor of the New York Times bestselling Eye of My Heart, 27 Women Writers Reveal the Hidden Pleasures and Perils of Being a Grandmother, her non-hallmark take on the complexities of being a grandparent in the 21st century. She's also the author of Women Who Run with the Poodles, Myths and Tips for Honoring Your Mood Swings, a national bestseller that offers a satirical look at the dark side of the self-help movement. Her memoir, Camp Paradox, is a haunting yet wry coming-of-age tale set at an all-girls summer camp, which fast-forwards decades into the future when Barbara realizes that the love affair she believed she'd shared with her camp counselor fits every definition of sexual abuse. Barbara has contributed to many magazines, including National Geographic Traveler, Oh, the Oprah Magazine, Food and Wine, Glamour, Vogue, and her essays have been collected in numerous anthologies. Additionally, her plays have been produced off-Broadway and at theaters around the country. Her first novel that we're focusing on a lot in this interview is called What Jonah Knew, and I just cannot wait to get my hands on this novel. Um, I loved hearing Barbara's story about how she got the idea for this book. And something that really I took away from my conversation with Barbara was the idea that no matter what types of writing we are focused on, no matter what we're working on, whether it's journalism or playwriting or fiction or nonfiction or children's books, just the ways in which our writing is all intertwined and connected and that, um, Our experiences in life are really infused into our writing. And just what really struck me is this idea of like, nothing that we write is ever wasted. Um, It all plays into each other and we have no idea what we... Learn from one writing project and how that is going to um, impact our future writing projects. So in particular, Barbara shares how she got this idea for her first novel when she was on a magazine assignment. So um, I really think you're going to enjoy our conversation. Also, I loved hearing about her work in playwriting and how that has impacted her fiction. So um, just really, really, you're in for a treat with this episode. It was so much fun to talk with Barbara. Welcome to the podcast, Barbara. I'm so happy to have you here today. Me too, Dallas. Lovely to chat with
1: you. I love your podcast.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Well, I'm just we have so many wonderful things to get into today. But maybe you can start us off just by telling us a little bit about how you first got interested in writing and give us a sense of your writing career up to now.
1: Sure. So I started writing when I was very young, stories and plays. My first play was produced when I was about eight. Wow. Uh, staged, staged in a friend's attic. Uh, all my friends were in it. I directed it, wrote it. And of course, I starred in it. And mm-hmm. our mothers came and they just clapped wildly. Um, in high school, I wrote a lot of bad poetry, um, but I always write, wrote. Writing was just came to me and over the years i've written in almost every form i've written poetry i've written plays and actually adult plays that got produced um, not just the one i wrote when i was eight uh, i've written memoir hundreds of articles and essays as a journalist um, i wrote a humor book called women who run with the poodles um, and now what jonah knew is my first novel um, and I, I've i always wanted to write a novel more than anything else, but it just sort of took me some time to get here. Um, and I think I finally found my preferred form.
0: Ooh, well, I would love to hear more about that. Um, and yeah. I'm so excited to read What yeah. Jenna Knew. It's coming out. By the time this podcast launches, it'll be coming out very soon, on July 5th. Right. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about... How the novel began and how you got the idea for this, um, yeah. and especially you saying this is your now your preferred genre that you love writing in.
1: Yeah. So years ago, I was working as a journalist and I was assigned to write a magazine article on past life regression therapy. I was writing a lot about memory, psychology, trauma. And so as part of my research for this story I had a session with a past life regression therapist um in which I seemed to have a memory but there's no way of knowing whether these things were real it was interesting it wasn't a happy memory it mm. took place during the holocaust mm. but so it was fascinating but I was also skeptical um because there wasn't any real science behind it but Shortly after that, I came across the work of Dr. Ian Stevenson, who was then the chair of psychiatry at the University of Virginia Medical School, um, who for decades, he had been studying kids with spontaneous memories of a previous life, and I was just sort of blown away by the research. It was extremely credible, and it just kind of you know, owned me. It it just inspired me.
0: Wow, that is so fascinating. And I love how um, it almost seems like this book found you in some ways. You were researching for a different magazine piece. It wasn't. I think that sometimes with ideas, it seems like the best ideas come to us when we're not um, specifically looking for them. It, exactly i
1: it really and at the same time that i came across his work i was studying buddhism and meditation and i had been listening to some tibetan buddhist teachers talk and they talk about past lives and future lives the way we might talk about last thanksgiving or next christmas i mean uh-huh. so casually and so it all kind of blended together in my mind. And one day while walking down the street, I had the idea for the book. I knew where it started. I knew where it ended. I, and it took me quite a while to figure out how to get there. But that was, that was the journey.
0: Wow, that is so fascinating. Um, well, do you want to just tell listeners a little bit, a little snippet about, um, you know, what the book is about what what sure. Jonah knew is about so to kind of hook their interest and then I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about your process too
1: absolutely so what Jonah knew is the story of two mothers and their sons they're strangers um Henry Helen's son has mysteriously disappeared while Lucy's son four-year-old Jonah suddenly shows signs of anxiety it's like he has PTSD no known cause and so Eventually, the lives of these two families overlap in uncanny, perilous ways in upstate New York and really forcing the characters in the novel to redefine not just what it means to be a mother or a human being, but really the nature of life and death Mm. because of what Jonah knows.
0: (laughs) Wow! Ooh, I can't wait to read it. Um, Well, I'm really curious to learn a little bit about your process writing this, and I and if you want to talk a little bit about since you have such an extensive background as a journalist and Mm -hmm. also as you mentioned writing plays, writing memoir, um, I guess I would love to hear about your process as a whole, and then also in particular with this novel, if that was different than other um, projects that you've written.
1: You know, I think every inspiration, every idea has its own form and sort of calls out for, uh, you know, a particular expression. So for example, the last book I wrote was a memoir, and that was something I really needed to write. Um, and I needed to write, I needed to tell the truth, the 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 actual facts of an experience that I had. The thing about writing fiction that I find so wonderful is that it offers to me greater freedom than you have when you're when you have to stick to the facts. Um, Jessamine West, this wonderful writer, I love um, her. said fiction reveals truths that reality obscures. And I really believe that. Um, I just think there's so much freedom and license to really get at the heart of things that you may not be able to in a memoir form, in nonfiction. So my experience has been that different things demand different forms.
0: Mm. I I think that is so true. And I also, as you're talking both about the idea for this novel and also the forms of different projects, I just feel like you have such a, it almost makes me think of like a partnership with a creative act that it's, it's like you, as you're talking about it, it just gives me the sense of um, that. You're like listening, you know, listening to the project and and kind of letting it tell you what it wants to be, um, which is so beautiful. A
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, when I started working on the novel, I had a bunch of outlines, but I never followed them for very long. Mm -hmm. They gave me good jumping off points, but then the characters would rebel and they would want to do their own thing. Uh, And they knew much better than me or my outlines where the book needed to go. And to me, that's sort of the magic. It's the magic of writing anything. And it's certainly the magic in writing fiction is not knowing what's going to happen next and kind of letting the book lead you, which is not to say that I didn't get stuck writing this because there were times I did and I I needed to get away from my desk, go for a long walk, take a hot shower. Sometimes that helps. And it's kind of the same process as You forget something, right? And you try very, very hard to remember it, the name of somebody or whatever. And, but when you stop thinking about it, suddenly it emerges from, you know, the storage in your mind. So I think fiction, writing this book, but I think really writing memoir, it's also true, or any kind of writing, is that you have to kind of open up to. Letting, letting it come in and letting it come to you, as well as trying to make it happen.
0: Mm. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I love how you describe that, especially with, I think everyone can relate to that analogy of trying so hard to remember something. And it can be so frustrating because you're just working you're trying, so right. hard. Yeah. But I agree that there's so much of writing that's a balance between having the dedication to set aside the time, get your booty in that writing chair and put in the time. But also there's so much that you do have to kind of let go and trust the process and and surrender some of that control.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, you write a lot about motherhood, um, which as a young mom, myself, I have a three-year-old daughter, but I, it's a theme. I gravitate to more and more. Yeah, And, um, I think too, I would love to hear about as, as your, your life as a writer balancing your creative life with motherhood. Well,
1: my, my, I'm actually now a grandmother. um, Congratulations. Thank you. And so, but I've, I've always written and it's always juggling and, you know, it, it was during my son's growing up, you know, fortunately children do go to school. Um, and because I, during those years, I mainly worked as a journalist and because I did have to earn a living. Um, so that that was easier to juggle. Also, I, I was also writing plays then too. And my son spent a lot of time sitting in, uh, you know, empty theaters during rehearsals, but he kind of liked that. So I became a mother when I was 23, which is pretty young by today's standards. And I think the thing that most mothers and fathers discover when they have a child is that for the rest of your life, your heart is gonna walk around outside your body. <clears throat> Somebody said that, I don't remember who, but or maybe maybe lots of people said that. And I think it's really true, so for me, um, the first play I had produced was about, um, uh, it was about a divorce, but it was a, a lot about motherhood. And I've I've written a lot about it because it's where, I don't know, it's where my heart is. And of course, in What Jonah Knew, <clears throat> the two main characters, well, two of the main characters are mothers and um, devoted to their sons and things happen that they were not expecting to happen.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that, that quote about having your heart walk around outside your body. Um, True. It's so, it's so true. And I also, as you were talking about your son sitting in the empty theater, I guess what struck me about that is how, just what a rich experience for him to get to see his mother pursuing this creative life. And, um, and I, I think sometimes as, as mothers, maybe we, we think of our, of our work or our writing lives or it's sort of taking away from our children. But to me, that story just expresses the way that it can be um, intertwined and can actually enrich our children's lives, too.
1: Absolutely. And my son is a photographer and a wonderful photographer. So he's found his own medium, mm-hmm. but the creative impulse in him is also very strong.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I think I'm speaking too. I, my dad is a writer. And so I grew up with um, watching a writer at work. And I do I do think there's um, just something to be said to sort of be immersed in that creative, creative space, um, and to see your parent pursuing, um, pursuing this act that is vital to them. um, You know, and also sharing that with the world too.
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: Well, maybe we can, maybe we can talk a little bit about, um, I think something that struck me with your background as a playwright and then with this novel, um, and how you had done some outlines for the novel and it, and it kind of took its own path. But I think of plays as having a pretty, um, maybe this is the wrong impression, but I think of them as having a, you know, a three act structure, very, um, sort of set. Do you feel like your background as a playwright? Um, I guess, influenced your your sense of story for writing the novel?
1: Yeah, I do. That's a great question. Um, I do because when you write a play, it, it's interesting. What you're really doing is scoring language for actors. The actors, the setting, the lighting, the whole production really is takes the place of description in a novel. And so and, and Thornton Wilder, the great playwright, said with, in writing plays, you have to think constant forward motion. Those mm-hmm. were his words. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true in novels. You have to move the story along. I also think that in having written many plays, my, my sense of being able to write dialogue, mm-hmm. it was definitely helped for the novel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I love that. And that, and that forward motion, um, and dialogue. And I think when I think about plays too, and as a playwright, all that you do, I mean, I think there's so much to be learned about, um, just like get, you're giving the actors, um, what everything to work with, with, you know, the dialogue does move the story forward. And also, um, I guess to me, it makes me think about like I don't know if economy is the right word, but it just seems with the yeah. play, like everything is there purposefully, intentionally to yeah. move the story forward. Absolutely. You really
1: cannot have any fat. Mm-hmm. You got you to cut the fat. and mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. What was it like mm-hmm. for you to then delve into writing a novel with having some more of that, um, you know, the freedom for description and inner monologue and, um, you know, things like that i mean that must have been sort of um a new i give me mean, i guess it's similar to with memoir
1: um except with memoir you really i mean everybody exaggerates somewhat in, within memoir but really you're sticking to facts mm-hmm. whereas in for me i mean the word that comes to me is fun mm. i have never had more fun than just being able to make up all of it not just the dialogue, which I did in plays with stage directions, but the whole thing—the exactly what you said—the inner monologue, the inner life, the setting—you know, the smells, the all—all all the detail. You know, you're you're a fiction writer, and all the detail that you bring into uh, a novel for me was enormous fun, and there was also a real learning curve because. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done this quite the same way before of course in memoir description is essential good description but um but without the freedom and so I found it just fun it's crazy fun and hard mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah I love that hard I think that sometimes we don't um we don't realize that it can be hard but also fun too. It can be challenging, but also joyful that those two things can coexist.
1: Totally. Magic happens when you sort of open yourself to when anything can happen. Really, there, there is magic that occurs and surprises. And that's really what keeps you going. If you have everything, every last detail plotted out, it's not that interesting to write. It's like paint by numbers. Mm. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm.
0: Well, I just I'm so excited to read this book. I'm sure listeners too. Just I the more that I hear about it, um I just can't wait to get my coffee But um maybe before we we're, we're already getting close to our time, but I would love to hear um I guess just thinking about some if you want to think about your your career as a writer or even I mean, I think it takes a lot of courage as you have done to work in a variety of these genres, you know, to not um just kind of stick with, stick in one lane and, you know, stay there. So maybe thinking about if there's someone listening who, um, who, who has, has an itch to write in a new genre, or maybe who is just starting out and feels a little bit discouraged by some of the, um, the challenges of the writing life. Like, do you have any advice or, or words of wisdom or something that has helped give you the courage to be so free with your writing? Just to
1: keep going, I mean, I did <clears throat> many drafts of what Jonah knew, and but there was something about this story that possessed me, mm-hmm. and I was going to write this story, no matter what I was going to write it if i self published it i I had to write it, so uh, the keeping going and being persistent and and believing in yourself um I think you should not think about agents, publishers, any of the complications of the whole business of publishing. Just really devote yourself to telling your story. To me, um, it's helpful to have other writers to be able to share your work with. But you also have to be really careful, I think, in terms of taking in feedback You want the story to be yours and someone who's writing you respect might have a different idea for how you should go. And I think you have to be very careful. I learned that as a playwright when I would have open readings of plays in progress and there would be 30 people there and 30 people in the audience would have a different idea of, you know, what they thought I should do. And it made me crazy. So uh, I think knowing, trusting your own story, trusting your own gut. You know, writing a novel is like finding the sculpture in the stone you chisel away, and you shape and reshape. And it does require great persistence. But Mm -hmm. the way I, I, there's a cartoon that I've had on my desk, From the beginning of writing this novel, it's an old New Yorker cartoon. It's a picture of a guy sitting in his underwear in a doctor's office. And the doctor's looking at him with a very grave expression. And the doctor says, I'm afraid that novel in you is going to have to come out.
0: (laughs) I love that.
1: I know. I still it's on my desk forever. And that's how I felt with what Jonah knew. So that kind of don't write for anybody else. Don't write because you think this might be successful or whatever. Write your story, the story you need to tell, I guess, would be my best advice. And write the things you're afraid of. Dorothy Allison, wonderful writer who wrote Bastard out of Carolina, out of, um, <clears throat> Carolina said, write, write the things you're most afraid to write.
0: Mm. And I, I, there's some real truth in that. I love that. Yeah. And I think, um, so many times there might be something in us for a long time that we're afraid to write, but th- that's the most important thing for us to write. So.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, Barbara, it's just been such a joy talking with you. I feel so uplifted after our conversation and I feel like you really get down to the core of, um, of why we write, you know, in the first place and that magic of discovering the story and, writing for yourself, which, um, you know, the, the longer I am in this career, just the more truth I find in that, that I think when we're first starting out, we often put so much uh, value on external validation, but but actually it really is that writing for ourselves that I think sustains us over the long haul.
1: It is. And it can really distract you to try to be Pleasing somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Enjoy your own words. Enjoy your own story. Go with it. Trust it.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Well, I can't wait to enjoy your story when it comes out um, so soon. And can you share with listeners what are the best ways? I know your book, What Jonah Knew, is going to be available wherever books are sold. Um, but then, what are the best ways if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to read some of your previous books? How can listeners connect with you?
1: Um, I have a website. It's barbara graham author.com. There's a link to the book. There's links to my other books. There's a lot about this book and, and, and any, they can pre-order any place or fantastic.
0: Order. Yeah. Fantastic. And I will, I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, so just thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, Barbara. It's been such a pleasure to meet you. Ditto Dallas. Lovely. Thanks for spending time with me today. Please hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. And I would love for you to join me in my free Facebook group. It's called Book Breakthrough Community and it's full of other heart-centered writers sharing resources and supporting each other. We discuss the podcast episodes. I regularly go live with free challenges and you may even meet your new writing partner to swap pages with. Join us on Facebook at book breakthrough community, and you can always reach out to me personally at Dallas Woodburn author on Facebook and Instagram. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast and your ideas for new episodes until next time. Happy writing.